going to be kind of disjointed <coughs> next Sunday. Lord willing, we will have missionary Derek Thomas with us for the day and his wife Julie. And if you are interested in having them into your home, getting to know them, um, let us know and we'll be happy to line that up and, um, and look forward to that. Um, so we'll be, we're looking tonight at why the tribulation. We've, we've looked at, um, the next event on God's prophetic timetable. Um, we've given an overview of the timetable. The next event being the rapture. And then following the rapture will be a seven year period of tribulation that we'll be getting in and looking at it in more detail where God's judgment are poured out on the earth and um, around one half of the earth's population will be killed in that seven-year period. You cannot, we cannot imagine what it will be like in those days. And, and looking at things, you think, why in God's overall plan, what, what's the purpose? What's the plan? Why the tribulation? Especially when you look at um, the nature of the tribulation. And, and tonight we're just going to give you six characteristics that the Bible gives of the nature of the tribulation. And then we want to give you... Um, some reasons why this unspeakable trouble is necessary. But this is how God describes the nature of the tribulation. Number one, it will be a time of great wrath. And the, the scripture verses are up here for you. You can jot those down. You can go back and look at it. It is a time, and, and we hear much about God is a God of love. God is a holy God, and there comes a time when um, God will be pouring out His wrath upon mankind. And um, this will be a seven-year period where God's wrath is poured out upon mankind. It will be a time of judgment, the Bible tells us, in Revelation 14.7 and Revelation 15.4, that, that all these... All these ages, and currently, the defying of God, God is going to bring His judgment. In the book of Isaiah, it tells us that it will be a time of indignation. Um, <clears throat> differing a little bit from the wrath of God, <clears throat> but a time where God is, is filled up, and and it's a time of great indignation brought upon mankind upon the earth and it will be a time fourthly of great trouble in particular the last three and a half years are called the time of Jacob's trouble but Jeremiah 30 refers to it as a time of of great trouble it will be a time of destruction and in future weeks, we're going to go in, as I said, and look at, at specific judgments that God is going to bring. 
And without question, you will say, this is a time of great destruction. It will be a time of desolation that um, really the world has never seen the desolation that will be manifested as God brings forth in this. So we ask, well, why would God pour out his wrath and judgment on a world that he created? Why is such a time of, of unspeakable trouble necessary? And there, there are a few indications that God gives us why this is necessary. Number one, to prepare Israel. The tribulation will bring the Jewish people to their knees in submission to God and prepare the nation for the Messiah. Israel, even though they are God's chosen people, they are in unbelief today. God is still working and has his purposes for them, but by and large, the nation Israel is in unbelief, and God will put them in a position where there is no earthly hope for deliverance. <coughs> and he will refine this rebellious nation by the fire of the tribulation. And um, God's purpose is to bring about the conversion of a multitude of Jews who will enter the blessings of the kingdom and experience the fulfillment of all God's covenants with Israel. We've looked already at at some of the covenants that God has made with Israel. God is going to fulfill them. But right now, Israel is in unbelief. And one of the purposes of the seven-year period of tribulation is to bring them to the position where they understand that God alone is their hope, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and they will um, be brought in, in great numbers to faith in Christ. A second purpose that God has for this seven-year period of tribulation is to bring judgment to sinners. Um, God is always always says that uh, you sow to the flesh, you will love the flesh, reap corruption. <coughs> you sow to the Spirit, you will love the Spirit, reap life everlasting. And God judges nations in this world. He judges individuals in, in eternity. But God will, will bring a punishment for godless nations and unbelievers especially for rejecting Christ and embracing and receiving the Antichrist. The world, will get in and study this, but the world will worship the beast, the Antichrist, and divine judgment will come because they have despised God, rejected Jesus Christ, and embraced a demon-possessed man as their king. Now you think of it. A people that despise God, reject Jesus Christ, and embrace a demon-possessed individual as their king surely brings the judgment of God. And God is going to bring judgment, and this seven-year period is a, a manifestation of that. Revelation talks about 
it, it will, um, it is as putting metal in the fire to test the, to see what it is made of. So it is to prepare Israel. It is to bring judgment to sinners. Thirdly, <clears throat> it is to show God's power. <clears throat> Antichrist will deny God and declare himself to be God. When Pharaoh of Egypt mocked God in Exodus chapter 5, God began to show to him and all the followers his power by pouring out plagues that uh, the followers of evil were able to replicate for a little while, but there came a point in time where they could not replicate the plagues that God brought. Antichrist will have some amazing power, but God is going to manifest in this seven-year period of tribulation that he alone is all-powerful, and he will vindicate his authority and his power, and he will show ultimately his power in amazing ways. He will also use this time to reveal the true character of Satan. The tribulation will fully unmask Satan for what he is, a liar, a thief, and a murderer. Today, the forces of evil are actively at work, and in most cases, they go by unidentified as the root problems. He has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the root problem in all of these things is the character and nature of of Satan. He is a liar. He is a thief. He is a murderer, and he is committed to death, and that is his ultimate goal. And the, the period of the tribulation will manifest and expose his character, and everyone will see it for what it truly is. It is also a time, the seven-year period of the tribulation, is a time to bring people to salvation. There will be a great revival during the tribulation. Um, God will use the horrors of the tribulation to bring many, many, many sinners to salvation. God will raise up 144,000 uh, spirit-filled evangelists to go and, and preach the gospel. God will... Um, Use in an amazing way um, this time to bring many, and, and we'll go through as we look at this and, and bring out the details. This is just kind of an overview tonight that we're, we're looking at. But God will, will definitely work to bring many people to salvation. It won't be easier to be a Christian after the rapture, but more difficult. And there is the very real possibility that some who reject Christ before the rapture will reconsider 
and humbly accept Christ, understanding it, it will mean their life, understanding what it means, and yet there will be others that will be saved during, as we mentioned, Israel. Many from Israel will be saved, but there will be people from all nations and tongues and people saved. Um, understand, God's ultimate purpose is not to bring judgment but to bring salvation. God wants to save people. Hell was not made for people. It was made for the devil and his angels. And, um, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to get the idea, yeah, God really put it to them, you know. God is not willing that any should perish. He wants to save people. And and he will use this time as a time to bring many to salvation. <coughs> so quickly, um, four applications that we can learn from this. Number one, Israel is in unbelief today, but will come to Christ as a result of the tribulation. Even though they are in unbelief, God is using them. They are still God's people. Um, we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. By doing that, we're praying for um, these things to come to pass. Um, and Israel is still God's chosen people. But today, as a nation, they are in unbelief. There are individuals, Israelis, who have come to Christ. Um, but generally speaking, as a whole, the nation of Israel is in unbelief. What we learn from all of this, just about the tribulation period, is number one, evil will not triumph. Or number two, evil will not triumph. We need to be reminded of that because it's easy to look around and think, man, look what's going on here and look what's going on here. And every day there's, there's some sort of catastrophe that's taking place. <coughs> Understand, God is going to bring his judgment. Evil will not triumph because God is all-powerful. Our hearts ought to be encouraged. The Lord is my shepherd. This is the all-powerful God, and God is in control, and nothing can stop him, and nothing will. And he is going to make things happen that no one can explain it other than to say, that is God's doing. So it ought to make us to be diligent in planting and watering. We need to be planting the seed of the gospel. We need to be watering the seed of the gospel. And there's no telling what God may do. Um, you may plant a seed and not see any result of it. There's no telling what God may do with that seed that is planted. And that's our job. Our job is not just to sit around and, okay, when's the Lord going to come? And look how bad things are getting there. And, wow, look how things are heating up in the Middle East. And, oh, wow, look how Russia and Iran are getting together. And what is Russia up to? Our job is, even as we see the day approaching, to be redeeming the time. And the way to redeem the time is 
to look for opportunities, create opportunities, to plant the seed, to get the gospel out. It's not enough for us, well, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and I think my family's saved and they're going to heaven and everything's hunky-dory. No, God is not willing, as we said, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's the reason he's left us here. And so we need to say, you know what? Whatever ways that I can plant seed, that's what I'm going to be doing. And to be active in the planting of the seed and diligent in the planting of the seed and praying, God, I pray you'd bless and that you would open doors, that you would open hearts, that you would open opportunities, that you'd give me courage, that you'd give me wisdom. Lord, that you'd give me a burden that I would see things the way you see things. That I would see people the way you see people. There's not a person on the face of the earth tonight, but what God's heart goes out to them and he calls them to repentance. I don't care who it is. That is God's desire. And that should be our desire. Sad to say, many times it's easy for us to swing the pendulum over here and, yeah, put it to them, God. Man, I can't wait to stand back and see God do such and such to so-and-so. Why do you think God has waited all these years? He is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish. And again, that is that is God's heart and that is God's burden. So... Our responsibility, as we're going to get in and look at at the seven-year period of tribulation and the other things that are going on, um, understand that God is all-powerful, evil will not triumph, and we need to be diligent and planting and watering. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to realize Um, What an encouragement it is to know you and your ways and to know that your ways will be fulfilled. And I pray that it would motivate us to the urgency of the hour in understanding the reality of, of the blessed privilege you have given us to represent you. And I pray tonight that we would be renewed, that we would be revived in our love for you, our love for one another, and our burden and love for the lost. (coughs) So, Lord, we plead your mercies. We rejoice in who you are, and we look forward to what you do as we obey your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.